0: All right, mighty mighty Boston. Thank you. Welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. The CEO, Tate Frazier, Master Tate Frazier, if you will. Here as always. What's happening, Tate?
1: Not too much. Monday night, switching it up. A lot of fun. We
0: we are going early. We had an option this week, and uh, I had all intentions to do it Tuesday night. And Tuesday during during the actual NBA draft order selection show, whatever the freak you want to call it. And that would have been great. Cause uh, a couple of the degenerate trifecta diehard Knicks fans. And it might, it might we might've actually heard tears when they didn't get the first pick <laughs> or maybe they used to it. We'll, we'll discuss that with them in a second, but instead we decided to do an early version Monday night so that we could preview both conference finals series, golden state, Portland and Milwaukee, Toronto. So let's get these guys on um, with us right now. My gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta, brother Bri Harry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What's happening,
2: guys? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy?
0: Big week, big, big week, big weekend ahead. Preakness, conference finals in the NBA, like I mentioned. I believe hockey is still being played. I'm not sure. Uh, the NBA draft order. Um, not trying for Zion pays off tomorrow night, as we know it. If you're listening on Tuesday tonight. Tate, is the ringer doing a big thing for that? Are you guys all getting together or you, you haven't been invited?
1: I have not been invited, but I'm sure people are getting together to watch it. But uh, I'll, I'll be watching at home. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, where the dominoes fall. But Kobe White, I just want Kobe White to go to the Bulls. That's all I want.
0: You want him to go to the Bulls?
1: Yes. Michael Jordan. Really? The air. Yeah, the next one.
0: Oh, I see. I see. I see. I forgot. I forgot you, Michael. Jordan. You're all over the book because Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte would have made sense. But well, we'll talk about all this later. We got so much more. Uh fairway. Roland's own Joe House is coming on to talk PGA championship. The degenerate trifecta, God help that tournament. They're all going down there. They're going to Beth Page. It's only a few miles away. It's thousands of miles away for Harry, but he still managed to get a day with uh, his boss and our friend Ken. They're going out there. That's going to be a lot of fun. Harry, I do have to ask you, did I cross the line this weekend? I must say. I was at church. I was with my uh my eight-year-old. That doesn't really <laughs> matter. My my cousin, Frankie, my cousin, Mickey's daughter, Frankie had her communion. I'm in church. Our friend, Daniel Kellison was also invited to the ceremony and he shouldn't have been because he was just checking Red Sox scores the whole time. Red Sox go down uh, for nothing in the first inning. Sox haven't even batted yet. Daniel texts me a live line right in the middle of the mass. So, so shame, <laughs> shameless. And what do I do? He's like, I want 300 on uh, Red Sox two to one odds. So what do I do? I, uh, instead of like saying, Hey, Hey, God forbid, what are you doing right now? You're going to be struck by lightning. I, t- I take the bet right there. And then the Red Sox won like nine to four or something. There. Am I, am I going to hell? Why am I even asking you this of all people, but am I going to hell? I feel like we bet. We went to church and prayed for our bets to come in, uh, in college at one point.
3: While well, you were sitting down with your family, right? In the pew, had the, had yes. the, had the priest started his sermon at all yet?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it was about 20 minutes in. Oh. Yeah.
3: oh, so it was plenty it was, it was well into it is what you're saying.
0: Yep, well into.
3: Ooh, <laughs> Boy. Uh, that makes a
0: difference? Yeah.
3: That's uh look, <laughs> we'll put it this way, it if, if if you wouldn't have been doing checking any of that, you wouldn't have been looking at that if, if Daniel hadn't done it. So I'll give you a break on that. I think it's more Daniel than you obviously, so. All
0: right. Oh yeah, a, no, it's more Daniel than me. He's getting Cody points for sure, but uh yeah, I mean right, it. Nice. it, it I mean, but it pays, it pays off, I guess. So what I'm trying to say, Parley kid, I know you're God fearing. (laughs) It pays off. The Lord is not watching. At least Dan, they rewarded Daniel for making that bet right in the middle of church. But anyway, Parley kid,
4: uh, the gambling (laughs)
0: gods did not, uh, show us as much, uh, consideration with Denver game. Yes. I'm still mad. I don't think I've been that angry. And by the way, I realize what a baby I become when I lose a bet. I end up turning on a whole league, <laughs> on a whole sport. The Poor parlay Kid and Brother Bri are part of this text chain with our friend Alec, who thinks the NBA could do no wrong. I saw a disgusting game, but nobody could hit a shot in Denver. Now, granted, parlay Kid and I had Denver to win. Nobody could hit a shot. I'm sick of these games. There, just because it's a close ending. We have to acknowledge that it was a great game. Not the case. I'll say that in every sport. Right. The Super Bowl was garbage. It was a garbage game, and it ended up close. It was, a, you know, some uh, heart-stopping moments at the end, but still not a great game. And I'll say the same with Denver-Portland. Parley kid. what happened? How did we lose that game? We shouldn't have ever lost.
4: No, Sal, it cost us uh, big time. Uh, Denver, at one point, I think was up 39-22, about, uh, you know, almost halfway through the second quarter. Uh, I know that lead is not insurmountable uh, by any means, but you're home, uh, the opposing teams, they shoot four for 26 from from three-point land and somehow still beat you in a game seven. Uh, it shouldn't happen, but how does it happen? Well, after hitting their first two threes, Denver missed their last 17 threes. I mean, it was one of the worst shooting displays in NBA history. And so you kind of, on our text messages, said it best, you're like, would this be acceptable if Brady threw 15 straight incompletions? It wouldn't be acceptable, right? No. People would be saying, "What? oh, man, this is terrible. What a terrible game he's having. When these teams shoot like this, four for 26 and two for 19 or something like that, you combine it, uh, absolutely pathetic. Uh it was not great basketball. Like you said, it, I guess it's good theater at the end of the game. Yeah. But in terms of watching that whole game, it's uh, – kind of frustrating to watch uh, when just nobody yeah. can make t- a shot. Two teams shooting uh, equally
0: is, is terrible. You're going to get a, a similar score at the end. It's going to be close. But yeah, like you said, Parley, kid, you could you could chalk it up to nerves. And a lot of times, you saw in the second game, both games went under, by the way, if we could bring this back to gambling yeah. for a second. So uh, you, you said yourself, why aren't they missing free throws if, the, if it's all about nerves?
4: Exactly. You know, our buddy Alec kind of said, well, a lot of this is nerves and, and defense. And I, you know, I'm not sure if I could really say that because I think a lot of these threes are kind of uncontested three pointers yeah. and nerve cell. Look, we've all played sports and I know we can't, we cannot equivalent anything to what these guys are doing in a game seven. But for the most part, I think any athlete will tell you when you're in the flow of a game, you're in the flow of a game. Like you're not, I don't think your nerves, once the mm-hmm. game gets going and you're playing, your nerves are kind of, I don't know, you're just, you're playing at this point, right? If you were going to be nervous, you know where you'd miss it? You'd miss your free throws. These yeah, teams actually right. shot pretty well from the free throw line, ironically. So I don't really buy it as being a nervous thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and especially Jamal Murray, who uh, maybe should go back to Kentucky because he just, he did not look like, he makes all his free throws and missed and, everything right. else. It, it was disgusting. Three like you 18, said. Not only Denver, deal. not only good team, not the best team, best home team in the NBA by, by a good margin, best home team, lowest a 17-point lead, like you said, Polly kid, to a team that, connected on four three-pointers, that doesn't seem yeah. possible in today's and, 2019 and, uh, NBA.
4: Yeah. yeah. W- last point, Sal, and our, again, this came from our our guru uh, uh, of the NBA, Alec, as, and it, it makes sense. Uh, for as hot as CJ McCollum was getting, they never bought a uh, brought a double to him. They never brought a double team to him, right? Yeah, um, right. You know, a lot of his shots, a lot of his two-pointers were contested, but again, they won this game with the two-point shot, kind of a lost art in the NBA in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, right? No, the guy was getting absolutely. into the lane, floaters, some runners, you know. Great job by C.J. McCollum. Really, really yeah, carried it, them. It, that really absolutely. The
0: it, it was Absolutely, it was He was excellent, and he, he, you know, if you look at Lillard's stats since that crazy shot against OKC, not the best. Not the best. I know he's oh, a great player, he's an all-star, any team would be happy to have him, but he really lifted C, uh, Lillard. You would have been hearing a lot about Lilwood being the goat, and I don't mean greatest of all time. Uh yeah. So I'm done with Denver. I'm done That's with great. our friend Alec too. I only really keep him around because he's <laughs> Brother Bry's best friend, but whatever. I'm done with that guy. Brother Bry. let's talk. Let's talk a minute by, about your bad loss this week. Uh MMA, what 237 UFC. Rose Namahunas yeah. lost to Jessica Andraj. Oh my God. That was Rose was on her way to winning. All five rounds, and as you pointed out, maybe the first round, 10 to 8, just snapping every jab, connecting. It looked like a bloodbath. Like, how is Jessica's eye going to sustain this? Uh, and then then she gets caught and slammed and wouldn't let go to whatever kind of arm bar she had and almost broke her neck, right?
2: Yeah, so I, the, the shame of this all is I had Rose on three different bets, and I really love watching Rose like you couldn't have dominated this more for those first eight minutes. She was so much faster, so much more accurate. Her ground game is great. Her submission game is great. And then when she gets slammed on her, she's really lucky she didn't break her neck. If she just would have yeah. let go of the arm, she would have fallen properly. So it's a shame because really aside from like, I'm I'm being totally honest here, but like aside from like John Jones, like she may be the most well-rounded fighter in the UFC male or female. And just in terms of being able to do everything at a high level, uh, so I just felt really bad for her. And she's kind of, when you watch her interviews too, she she just doesn't even really seem to care. Uh, I, it doesn't seem like she likes fighting. She doesn't like hurting people. So um, I, I don't know. She's we might not see hanging her that, it up, so. right? Yeah. That, that, we I mean, might not see her that much more. I mean, she really oh. doesn't care about us losing bets. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, speaking of losing bets, we're going to lose a lot more on these NBA conference finals. Like I said, we're recording early. So that we could preview both of them, let's start in the Western Conference. Golden State minus five hundred, Portland somehow. I don't know how they're in this series plus three ninety. Um, uh, if you're looking for the regular season trends to help you out, pick a winner here. You're not going to get very far. They were two and two against each other in the regular season, uh, two and two against the spread. The over under was two and two. Um, I like the Warriors in six. I think you know even without the, Durant. The these teams started, you know, they can't help but to lose two games. They dropped two to the Clippers. They dropped two to Houston, as we know. I think they finished. They're almost a better value on the road. They have no problem winning in six games. Uh, I think Clay and Steph step it up. Steph has done well against uh, Portland anyway. Um, let me see his numbers. What? Something crazy. Yo, know, He has averages 29 points a game against Portland. So let's see if he steps it up. Harry, how do you see this series going?
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, I'm 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 back on to Golden State. I like them to win this in five at uh plus two twenty-five. Uh Friday night's game was uh probably one of the best coaching jobs by Steve Kerr. Um, I think the magic number in that game seems to be like thirty-three. Imagine if you had uh had, you had Curry over points, over thirty and a half points with zero in the first half, comes back with thirty three in the second. Mm-hmm. And also, I know I've been riding uh, Golden State hard about their bench not getting any production out of them. They got 33 bench points on Friday. What a game yeah. that was. And for them to have to be tied at halftime uh, is a testament to Kerr's coaching because with Kerr having zero points and Durant not playing, that was something else. I mean, for Portland yeah. to take two games, Durant or no Durant is asking a lot. Column and Lillard both will have to bring their A game and shoot well, plus. Their bench has to be spectacular, like Seth Curry was in Game 4. Uh Shoot crazy. Actually played great in that half uh, against Denver. I mean, despite the Warriors not getting consistent bench help, like I mentioned, their shooting percentage as a whole has been unbeatable. Really, KD is shooting a 6. 51% from the field. Hopefully, uh, maybe he'll be able to come back in Game 3. The Splash Brothers are 45%. And Green, Iggy. And Looney, if you combine those three, the shooting combined 59% on the field. Like I said, it will have to be an A effort for the Blazers every night. And I just don't think they have that much left in the tank. Like I said, Golden State in five.
0: Yeah, they're scoring as much as they ever have, really, which is weird when I looked it up. Um, Just to go over those uh, specific games, to win in four is five to one. To win in five is plus 220. That's the expected result, I guess. To win in six is four to one. That's the one I like. Harry likes to win in five and uh, to win in seven three fifty. brother. Brian, you're going to approach this. You're going to attack this a, a different way, right?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to take uh, golden state minus one and a half for this year. So that means they have to win at least uh, six games. So like you already mentioned, they were two and two against them this year. I think only one of the games is closed, but I feel like they're going to expose canter on the floor when he's out there. Um, Clay is just going to be able to D up McCollum. I I think they're going to force, you know, they don't get enough credit for being a really good defensive team at times, golden state. And, uh, you know, like I said, they're, they're going to force these three other guys to do something. I mean, look, when these teams played two years ago, they won four nothing. And I mean, every game they won by about 20 something points. I know Durant was playing, but then three years ago without Durant, they won in five games. Um, I know there's been talk about, uh, the Warriors record without KD, but with Steph is now 25 and one, which is amazing. Um, So I just, I think it's going to be a bad matchup for them. Look, it's minus 500 for the series. If they played in the first round, which could have definitely been possible. This, you know, this this has the feeling of like a first round matchup almost. I know I'm not giving the trailblazers a lot of credit, but (laughs) this probably would have been like golden state minus 1500. If this was a first round uh, series. So Minus 500 is not a ton of value, but it's probably still better value than you normally would have got. So minus 190 for minus one and a half. I don't see anybody aside from the Rockets had a chance to go seven with them. I feel like they're the only team in the West that really could play with them at that level. So uh, minus one and a half is pretty good value.
0: And minus one and a half uh, for the first time listeners means they sweep, they win four to one or they win four to two, four to three doesn't get it done. And obviously if they lose the series doesn't get it done. Yeah. I, I don't think, uh, is there anything wrong with minus five hundred? Steve Kerr has won thirteen out of his last fourteen series, uh, playoff series. Uh, Vegas can't just lay back and get uh, crushed. Um, Kevin Durant, some of those stats—they're four and one without him this year. They score one hundred and eight versus one hundred and eighteen. Um, they allow seven, about seven points fewer per game when he's not on the court. So it's interesting. I don't suspect he'll come back. Maybe if they're down like three to two. Maybe he come back. I know he gets the MRI this week, um, but I like the Warriors to win. I think there's still good value in them. Now let's uh, switch to the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, the Bucks, uh, minus 280. They handled the Celtics. They really beat the crap out of them after dropping game one. Toronto, plus 230. That crazy, crazy Kawhi shot. Unbelievable. Plus 230. Somehow Philadelphia stayed in that game. And then Kawhi hit it. Still bouncing off the rim. Um... I like the Bucks and five here at three to one. I just think I said it on locking and in today. I think we've regressed back to 1960s NBA when Will Chamberlain is just so dominant. No one could stop him. And that's the Greek freak is the, uh, the modern day Will Chamberlain. He's just going to take them as far as he wants to go. I think they're they're all of a sudden they're, you know, they're a savvy basketball team. They don't need a lot of experience behind them. They're gonna beat they're gonna get the finals. We're gonna get the final I think we wanted Golden State and Milwaukee. I say Bucks in five at three to one. They already beat them three out of four this year. Yeah. Parley Kid, you like the Bucks as well, right?
4: Yes, yeah, so I like the Bucks in six at plus five hundred. Uh, or you could just be safe and take Milwaukee minus two eighty. But uh kind of like the series to go six games. And so wait. so I'm really tell you what. I would really love to see a Warriors-Bucks matchup. That would really excite me. I think uh, I feel like uh, the NBA has let me down the last year or two. Uh, I think that would bring my spirits back up in regards to the NBA. So I'm kind of rooting for that here as we uh, go along. It's so a Leonard versus the Greek freak. we got a really a great matchup here, even though I think this series is going to be decided really by uh, the team's second-best players with uh, Chris Middleton and Siakam on uh, the Raptors. So in the matchups this year, and by the way, Middleton is shooting 47% from three in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which yep. compared to everybody else, seems like out of this world, right? He's averaging 19.1 points a game. Combine that with the Milwaukee bench, their defense, and their inside outside game. I think they're going to control this series. Toronto's good enough to win a couple here, so let's take Bucks and six at plus 500.
0: Yeah, I like that. Five or six is definitely a winner. I think uh, Kawhi against uh, Milwaukee this year twenty two points a game he can't do that he has to have monster games for them to even compete I think in this I know that role players step up have a nice bench with the Baca when when everything's going right but uh he's got to he's got to put up thirty five a game I think for them to uh stay close um just out of a uh, Bucks have covered eight out of nine the the pro Bucks trends just keep going on and on fifty two wins by double digits uh, eight of previous nine t- teams to win by. Fifty-two uh, games by double digits have won the title. The only exception, I think, I brought this up last week. Golden State team that lost uh, was up three to one and lost. So yeah, I like Milwaukee. I like watching them. I think they win in six. Tate, do you have a feeling for this series?
1: I actually like what Parlay Kid said. I think it's going to go to six games, uh, and I think the Bucks are going to win this one out. I mean, Kawhi has been a one-man band. He's been incredible, but uh, once you get down to Siakam, and I mean, Ibaka was great, seventeen points off the bench. I don't know if he can. Pull one out like that again, and I think the Bucs are just better. They've been better all year. I mean, 60-win team, and uh, I think Giannis has a better number two with Middleton as well, so I like the uh, I like the Bucs in six.
0: All right. There you have it. Should make for a good final if both uh, favorites come through. Let's go to NBA. Let's talk the NBA draft order. That's Tuesday night. Like I said, we were going to record and do this live. Parlay kid, I didn't want to see you tear up. I, You know, they have odds for this. You could bet this. Cavs, Knicks, and Suns. <laughs> To pull the first pick would be six to one odds. The Bulls are right behind at six eighty. The Hawks eight thirty. Wizards nine ninety. How about the Lakers at forty eight to one? That would be something, huh? Um, <laughs> Parlay kid, what do you think? The Knicks? Is this just a freaky thing that they're not going to get it done, or can can the NBA fix this in time?
4: Well, Sal, there's always the, that Ewing theory, right? With when right. the Knicks uh, got Ewing. There's so many people uh i mean at the time i didn't realize it you know because there was really no internet and stuff but you know looking back now you you read of all the theories and uh the conspiracy theories etc uh Ewing's going to be uh present for the Knicks at the draft i believe tomorrow night so i'm hoping mm-hmm. Patrick brings them some good luck yeah, i think he's going to be the guy representing them from my correct brother Brian when i say that yeah you're right that Ewing's going to be representing them so so i think i think the fix is in here The Knicks have to get one of these top three picks and let's hope for the number one pick. I mean, a bad year to be bad, right? Like normally the Knicks would have a much better shot at getting that first pick. They have a 14% shot now, but, um, oof, I, I think let's face it. I think it's their turn, right? The, the Cleveland Phoenix, they've had their shots with these number one picks. Uh, let's, let's give it to the Knicks here. Sal. so let's roll with the Knicks getting a, at least getting a pick within the top four and a half.
0: I think right, yeah, so I yeah, think that, the, and the and odds are pretty stacked. That that, you right? can actually bet that I think on DraftKings uh, legal site yeah. over under four and a half where the Knicks, for God's sakes, the, the 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 odds are stacked in their favor that they pick first, second, third, or fourth. So I like that. I'm going with you on that, brother Bry. Let me put it through you this way: You're a Knicks fan as well. If you could be guaranteed that the Knicks would have either the first or second pick, or you take bull bull. With your first selection. <laughs> now what I'm what I'm saying is, if they don't get the first pick, you have to take bowl bowl with the second pick. You go for that? Uh, just to increase the odds.
2: Uh yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> no? Uh,
2: probably no. Probably no.
0: All right. they're like projecting bowl on like the twenty to go, How?
2: but. Uh, uh, but yeah, so this. So I would say this is. As a Knicks fan, I mean, I've been a Knicks fan for 30 years, 34 years. I mean, this is probably the biggest day in my life as a, as a Knicks fan. Uh, certainly the last 20 years, maybe aside from, like, the LeBron decision. But I'm so excited. But it's funny. All of these Knicks fans, they, it's funny. They just assume. They assume, like, we have, like, a 50% chance of getting Zion. That's yeah. almost what it's like. It's like we have a 14% chance. I don't think people realize how low that is, like, Chris Davis has a better chance of getting a hit. Like Ben Simmons has a better chance of hitting a three-pointer. Like 14% is nothing. <laughs> and we actually right. have a better shot of potentially getting five, which is uh, amazing. Uh, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet the Knicks under four and a half, so I'm going to be doubly disappointed uh, when they uh, get the fifth pick. So uh, this is going to be uh, either a fantastic day tomorrow or just, just awesome.
0: Four and a half is an interesting number, too, because in terms of what kind of player you'd want, I think five and above, you're going to be disappointed, right? You'd be okay. I'm putting words in your mouth there, and you can answer in a second. You'd be okay with Zion, obviously. R.J. Barrett, probably, right? John Morant. Yeah. Uh, And Culver, and then what? Maybe DeAndre Hunter, Garland, Reddit. I don't know. Do you care about those guys, or is it just the top four? The
2: next desperate. Knicks desperately need a top three. If you start getting into four or five, and we're talking Hunter or Culver, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Like that, <laughs> that that would be that would be the worst. I mean, those guys, yeah, they can. Those guys have some value defensively, and they could be mm-hmm. pretty good NBA players. But there's you know, uh, that would be. Uh, I'm, I'm. I mean, Dolan. This is probably what he would get to to get the fourth of this pick. He probably deserve this, but um, yeah.
0: Uh, I, mean, I said Knicks today lock it in. This, i in
2: sure.
0: I said unlock it in. I said the Knicks kind of they have to fix it so they get Zion because this Dolan who shouldn't be fit to uh, uh, run a, a sizzler let alone a, an NBA team here no one's free agent's going to sign with him they're just not going to sit down and be impressed by him unless he already has Zion Williamson I think that's the key that's the chip you need to get the rant or uh, Butler God forbid I don't, I don't know but one of those players, not Kyrie Irving. But anyway, Harry, do you have any thoughts on this other than you're rooting against the Knicks to get this first pick?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, one of Tate's guys. I'm looking at uh, also maybe the Charlotte may have to trade up a little bit, but uh, maybe I get the hometown kid, Kobe White. Uh, you would score yeah. from anywhere on the floor. I think it'd be good for them. I uh, get 16 a game, four assists a game uh, at UNC uh, with Kemba Walker possibly leaving, probably leaving to free agency. I think they should maybe look at the hometown star, and if if anything, uh, you know, he can sell some jerseys and uh, and get some ticket sales going. And I I think he reminds me a lot of, like, the Hawks rookie, uh, Trey Young. I mean, he had three games of over 33 points. He can score from anywhere. Maybe that's a move for Charlotte to keep uh, the fans interested there.
0: Tate, you're a Charlotte fan that wants to be interested. Why do you want this guy going to uh, the Bulls?
1: Well, I mean, it's, Harry made, it, you know, made his case there. I mean, Charlotte likes to draft the white guy, so there's a chance they could draft Kobe White. That'd be great. Uh, I, <laughs> I, think, I think there's a, a real chance that Kimba goes to the Knicks. So if Kimba goes to the Knicks, you get the hometown swap where Kimba's in New York, and then mm-hmm. Kobe goes to Charlotte. That'd be great. So, I, I mean, I just want Kobe to go somewhere where people can watch him play. And, unfortunately, sometimes uh, Charlotte doesn't get the coverage uh, that maybe Chicago would. Tate, do you
3: think Charlotte would have to trade up to get him, though? You think he's going to go within, you know, within the top eight
1: picks? I think he should go within the top eight. So, I mean, the Hornets are probably going to be around like you know, eleven, twelve range, like they were last right. year. So, uh, yeah, they would probably have to trade up to probably like six, seven, eight range to get him. So, but they would because they need a point guard.
0: It's going to be yep. interesting. It's going to be very exciting. Please put a camera on, on yourselves, guys, <laughs> when, when this uh, news comes down because we may have. Oh yeah, for sure. May have missed a boat uh, not recording this live. All right. Uh, Let's talk Preakness this weekend, this Saturday, the Preakness. We have rough odds and probable two to one war of will, three to one, always mining eight to one, win, 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 eight to one bourbon war and Owendale, 10 to one, another twist of fate, 12 to one signal man, 14, voter Ex- express for 16 to one warriors charge a hey, 16 to one laughing Fox and market King round out the field at 20 to one. So that's what, six, nine, was that 12 horses, Harry. Um, Yep. First time since 1951 that the first four horses to cross the finish line at the Derby have decided to sit out the Preakness. That's incredible to me. I, I don't, and, and none of the horses died. It's not like uh, there was a broken leg in the bunch. But um, obviously, we're coming off the big, uh, the big thing with the disqualification. This is a no disqualification match, as I understand it. The horses can bring foreign objects. You may see uh, War of Will use a folding chair, but Good. Um, I I'll tell you what, if you went by this only, and I, I'm not a, a big horse guy, but if you knew that just all the good horses have bailed, Bob Baffert is only running one horse and that horse is being ridden by big money, Mike, Mike Smith, who is the 13th, uh, yeah. triple crown winner. You wouldn't care too much more about that horse, right? That's a winning horse. And that's why I like not such a big uh, swing here. Improbable, which would probably go off at two to one. I like it. Bafford, I think, flips the script. I think the narrative goes back to him. Have you seen this Mike Smith parlay, kid? Take a look, uh, Google Mike Smith. The, one of the first few pictures should be a, oh. a shirtless Mike Smith. He looks like a, a shrunken version of Jason Statham. Really jacked. Yeah. And um well d- doesn't that, do a, a ton Absolutely. For, uh, so that's
4: the way to go. Sometimes bet the jockey, it, not the horse sometimes. You know, which I'm gonna go. mention in a second. Yeah.
0: Well, go ahead. Go go to it. Who do you like in the prequels?
4: Well, so you know, I like Bourbon War at ten to one. So again, this I'm not necessarily a horse guy, but, you know, leading up to these type of things, we like to do our research and find out, you know, I always like to kind of find like a middle-of-the-road type of horse with their odds, and Bourbon War is somebody that stuck out to me, really because of his jockey, uh, Irad Ortiz Jr., who currently leads an earnings sell. You want to look something up, look up this guy and the amount of uh, winnings he's had. It's absolutely incredible. Hmm. And sometimes in these type of races, when you have a horse like Bourbon War, who, uh, really he's a, he's a good horse. You know, he's a good horse at 10 to one. He's reliant on an early, a solid early pace, which he, I think he'll find in this race. And, uh, you know, the Florida horse has had a lot of success in the Derby. He's a Florida horse. So uh, a lot of those Florida horses are not competing, uh, and the mm-hmm. Preakness. So let's go with the Florida horse and bourbon war. And, uh, I Ortiz Jr. As, as a jockey who, um, so went to jockey school when he was 16. I, You know, looking, doing this research, Sal, like, with all the people we know, do we ever know anybody to go to jockey school? No. Not one.
0: In fact, you just gave me a good idea for a pilot, maybe, for a TV show. Well, no,
4: we, Brian and I have discussed this idea of it, of uh, having a, a, doing a movie about a jockey who's actually like 6'4", 230, or something like that. like 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 goofy, And like, comes comes out of nowhere, like a Will Ferrell type of guy on a, on a horse, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Let's, that let's and the
0: obese that, no, uh, hockey goalie is two things I would love to see uh, tested out. All right, Harry, can you beat Bourbon War at 10 to 1? I don't know. I don't know that you can.
3: Well, you know what? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this race, but I'm going to take War of Will at 4 to 1 uh, with Country House and Code of Honor not running. obviously, this helps War of Will possibly break through and take down a probable uh, – what's interesting here is uh, before the Louisiana Derby where he placed ninth in the Kentucky Derby where he finished seventh, will's two earlier races, he didn't even finish in the top ten, so really, why is he the second favorite here? Uh, I'm going to take mm. the fishy odds, and, uh, and I'm going to take Will at 4-1. From what I've read, some experts feel maximum security did not interfere. The executive order, Will would have had a clear path to the finish line. Not sure. I don't know. But we will see at 4-1, to one. War of Will to win is my pick.
0: Whoa. All right, Brother Brian. All you want to do is win, 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 though.
2: No matter what. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, win-win-win. I know uh, I do like Improbable, though, because I think they said something like 52% of the horses that have won have been the favorite. And then also, I think almost always the horse that runs in the derby usually wins this race. So there's only four of the four horses ran in the derby. So uh, that's kind of why I'm looking at win-win-win here um, at eight to one. Look, he had a disappointing Derby, but he's won three of his seven races. He's finished in the top two in five of his seven races. Uh, he's definitely one of the faster horses in the group. Uh, I think they're basically saying in the Derby, he just didn't handle a sloppy track. Well, um, so I like that at eight to one, uh, but seriously, don't even listen to me. I think the closest I've ever won to winning a triple crown race, like my horse got put down right after the gate, right out of the gate, um, uh, he broke his oh, leg, so that, oh, um, I think that's the closest I've ever. I think that's the closest I've ever come on a triple crown. I ride, like to so. bet
0: that brother Bry's horse would be put down uh, if we could find <laughs> o- odds on that. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> I I'd honestly like to find odds on a disqualification, and I don't care what it is. I would bet against it because I think they're well, that, uh, the, the the horse racing association is is regretting that decision right now, with <laughs> everyone bailing. But we should look for that. Um, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's make believe riverboat casino each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Hey, Seth and Steph Curry, they're going to do battle first brother combination to meet up in a conference final match. Got the captain thinking, which sibling matchup do you want to see most in sports? Ones that, that haven't happened. We've seen Serena and Venus many, many times before. Here are the odds, Captain has set forth. Harbaugh's coaching against each other in Super Bowl five to two. Vitali and Vladimir Klitschko fight seven to two. Cheryl and Reggie Miller one on 10 to one. Jamie Lannister and Cersei in an adult film. I don't know how that got in there. Twenty to one or the field at three to one. Parlay kid, what do you think?
4: Sal, so, uh, you got to witness one of the great sibling rivalries uh, in the '80s with the John and Darrens, the Coley rivalry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> in our household,
4: true. arguing over just about every sport and every team. John liked the Mets. I liked the Yankees. John liked the Rangers. I liked the Islanders, and so on and so forth, right? And then you had the Harry and Scott Gagnon uh, sibling rivalry
0: All right. up in
4: Oswego, New York, where Harry's better-looking and more athletic brother, Scott, upstaged him at every single turn. <laughs> Not even sure you could call it a rivalry with Scott dominating Harry so much, right? That's (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But uh, we've we've seen the Harbaugh brothers. We've been there, done that. The Klitschko brothers seem to like each other too much. Uh, And I'm not sure uh, you could call porn a sport uh, unless you're Harry and get your best but work out of the week or watching of it. it right? for <laughs> exactly, Harry. I
0: had a feeling uh, so, I should have put so that I, in the spot. I, I just happened to check it out yeah.
4: yesterday. You know, so. <laughs> so, so I'm going to take the field and I'm going to go with the Gruden brothers uh, to oh, meet yeah. up in the Super Bowl. And, the, and only because their odds of facing each other in the 2020 Super Bowl are 1,800 to 1. That alone would be plenty to talk about. So let's take the Gruden the Gruden brothers sibling rivalry as that the, was the one a Super I like Bowl
0: once before, was it Raiders, uh, Redskins, right? That was a Super Bowl, that's right. That yeah, uh,
4: 1800 to one in 2020. Yeah, so let's, let's all do right, it.
0: all right, I like that. All right, Harry, um, your, your rivalry with your brother aside, which one would you pick?
3: You know what, I would, I would, uh, be interested in the Cheryl Reggie Miller one on one, uh, 10 to one, um. Cheryl has been a great uh, announcer for years. I've been very impressed with her, with her WNBA coverage. Yeah, you know, I said it, her WNBA coverage is really good with Reggie. he's an okay mm-hmm. announcer. I'll take Chris Webber over him any day. But uh, more than them one-on-one at this point, I, what I'd really like to see is them go head-to-head in a three-point contest. And I think Cheryl could beat him. I, I would put Cheryl at a 140 favorite. So that's what I'd like to check out is a three-point contest between those two.
0: All right. Brother Brian.
2: Uh look, I always kind of wanted to see the Klitschko brothers fight each other. Um I know they wouldn't, but that would have been great to see. they kind of uh for two giants, they had kind of different styles. Vitali had the better chin. A li- I would say a tad more power, but he was definitely robotic whereas Vladimir was pretty athletic but a terrible chin and he became boring as mm-hmm. hell later on. But uh they both quit in fights in the past too, so I could see uh, yeah, maybe like in the after the first round, they both like throwing the towels to each other um, because they used to be in each other's corner, I believe. So, um, but yeah, I always, uh, I always, I used to play the, had a boxing video game and I would play, uh, I would fight as Vladimir against Vitaly all the time. So it was something I always wanted to see.
0: That's a good one. I'm going to give you the modern day, although this is a little past its time too. modern day, Vitaly, Vladimir Klitschko, brother Brian, I'm surprised you haven't thought of this, or maybe you just don't care to see this. Nate and Nick Diaz and uh, Nate yeah. has been on this podcast before. If they could fight, they find a catch weight, like one seventy right there. It's, it's one thing guys punching each other in the face, uh, you know, jabbing each other through the clutch the goes, but if you're kicking at each other right by, right by the groin area, that's really something that's a sibling rivalry that I want to get in. And Nate and Nick Diaz, why won't that happen? Brother Brian, I could see this happening soon. No.
2: Yeah. Well, I can see that too. I mean, I think Nate, uh, crazy enough to want
0: to fight his brother so I, right. I could definitely see that happening yeah all right uh tate you want to jump in here are we missing anybody
1: i was gonna say maybe like peyton versus eli and like a beer pong game or something like that possibly <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going to come down to, for eli yeah all right beer pong 55 to 1 i just saw <laughs> the captain just tapped me on the shoulder all right that's another week of captain morgan's make believe riverboat casino no matter how you live like a captain captain morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly captain's orders all right fellas we haven't done sharp tank in a while because we kind of broke it down with you'd give your picks in hockey and you give your picks in basketball but there's so much going on so many different events we're going to isolate it what are you're going to pitch a bet to me and i'm going to buy one of them start us off harry
3: okay well since we're going to be going to the golf and uh it's another major i am going to lead into that i'm going to take Sergio Garcia to finish in the top 20 at plus 170. But in 2009 at uh, the U.S. Open at Best Page Black, he finished 10th. He's 14th on the tour uh, from Tita Green, which helps him out of trouble. And impressive. he's an impressive eighth in scoring average. Um, he's only 55th on tour for birdies, but he's been great at scrambling and finding ways to get bars. Lately, he's played well. Finished fourth at the Wells Fargo Championship and second in New Orleans a couple weeks ago. So let's keep our eye out on the 40-year-old. I'm going to take Sergio to finish in the top 20 at plus 170 at my best bet this
0: week. All right, we're going to have Fairway Rollins Joe House on in a few minutes. Ask him if that's a good bet. I like Sergio, probably right. I I feel like he's let me down more than anybody, but it's fun when he's winning. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Brother oh, Brian. He usually kills your... me and
3: Brian, but that that's the play this week.
0: Let's try it. <laughs> Brother Brian, are you going to go with Sergio also?
2: No, I can't believe Harry's doing it. I How I many times, Harry, over the last two, couple months do we always say, well, uh, like, what a scumbag, Sergio. And when we take him, he kills us. When we take him, he kills us. I, I can totally see him now that you took him, just not making even the cut. So somebody look into the odds of not making the cut on that one. Um, I'm going to say Golden State first quarter minus two and a half. Hmm. Um, game one, which is tomorrow night. So you'd have to get this in soon. But uh, they're outsc- look, they're outscoring their opponents by nine in the first quarter in six home games. In their 12 playoff games, their first quarter against the Spurs is 11-1. And I think depending on where you got it, it might have been 11 0 and one For the year, their first quarter margin is plus 3.2 points per game, which is the best in the NBA. Look, they come out firing. Usually they give it back in the second, so you could probably go against them in the second quarter. But I feel like this is way too low. This should almost be like 4.5 or 5 in this first quarter, especially game one, just the way they've been playing early on. I I know without KD, I mean, I still think you got to lean Golden State here. Again, minus 2.5 is way too small of a line.
0: Right. All right. Parlay Kid, finish us off. What's your best bet? Ooh,
4: I know you were hoping hockey was dead on this pod, but I just can't <laughs> let that happen just yet, Sal. I can't <laughs> let it happen. Uh, so uh, with the Hurricanes minus 110, and look, I have I gave you the Hurricanes last week to possibly win this series, uh, but at minus 110 to win game three versus the Bruins, I like it, Sal. They're 5-0 and oh at home in the playoffs. And their crowd there has been outstanding. Bruins are flying high. They're four for seven on the power play uh, so far this series, and I think oh, which is tremendous uh, in terms uh, of hockey. Uh, but I think Carolina will shore that up uh, in, in game three. Justin Williams, three-time uh, cup winner. Been talking about eating poop sandwiches. If you've seen that, this guy is a winner. He is not going to let this team go down like that. They're going to rally here. They're going to win game three. That crowd's going to get behind them. And they've been here before. They were down 2-0 to the Caps. Uh, And they won uh, their home games. I'm not sure if they can win this series anymore. But I think game three, they pull out. Uh, So take the Hurricanes at minus 110 to win game three over the Bruins.
0: Oh, man, Parley Kid. Parley Kid wants so badly for the Islanders to be the second best team. He needs You need the Hurricanes <laughs> to win. I'm I'm so crossed up with hockey. I really am. It's so it's it's rough for me. I actually have Thomas Hurdle to get at least two points tonight at 3 to 1 odds. for the Sharks, I don't know if that's going to be that game starting like right now. I'm going to pass on the hockey parlay kid. I, I just feel like the the, yeah. the 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 Bruins have too much offense. Um Brother bry Golden State 9 and 0 in game 1s, 4 and 5 against the spread. I know you like them for the first quarter. Yeah, I I think in general, stay away from these spreads at home, the full-game spread. Durant, I don't know what this number would be if Durant – what would this number be if Durant were in the lineup? Would it be 10 or less? I don't think it would be that high. It's 8 now, right, just for the regular spread?
2: Uh, Yeah, no, it would be uh, game one. Yeah, If Durant was playing, it would probably be like 10 or
0: 11. Oh, you think it would be that high? Wow, I don't don't know. I
2: I don't know. I think so. I think so. I could be wrong. Well, yeah. I think,
0: well, I, I think they're the better team. I think eventually, regardless of what the trends say, they're they're you still have to make up that twenty eight, twenty nine points. I don't know that they cover the big numbers, especially at home. Uh, so I would stay away from betting them laying that number. Uh, I do like two and a half first quarter. What's oh my other choice is Harry's bet. Yeah, I'm going with you, brother Bry. Yeah, minus two and a Thanks. half first quarter game one. Let's ride this uh, together. Harry, I'm sorry. You are going though. You are at AAO, Harry. If people want updates from you on the tournament, I'm a little. I'm bar- I'm yeah, worried right. I'll
3: you. be. Uh, you know, later on this week, I'll be putting in my golf picks on Twitter. Uh, uh, I had a pretty good Masters, so hopefully, I continue with uh, the PJ this week. And uh, you can hear me uh, if you want to hear me more. I'll be on House's Fairway Rollin' this week, and I'll be uh, guest there. So I'll be giving picks there. So uh, should be a fun week.
0: Yes, I hope the last time you were on, or maybe you were on since then, but we, we didn't discuss this. But brother, Brian, listen, and uh, you guys overlap. You were talking over each other for a good, a good thirty Mississippi count, and that was uh, one of the funniest things I have ever heard in my life. And they fixed it. So can you try to do that again? I don't I don't know how you would do that, but see if that. Can work. Parlor kid, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. I think you're going to love this, uh, golf tournament. It's supposed to be a little crisp. First right? time 66, ever
4: for me. Yeah. First time ever.
0: Yeah. Just bet as much as you can get it going. I think it's a different little yeah. clientele than you're used to. It's not going to be like a, a boxing match at Barclays or anything, you know, it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be interesting for, you, but I, I think you'll like, I think, it. Uh, you know? I
4: think as far, I think as far as golf crowds go, my guess would be, uh, Long Islanders can bring, uh, can bring it pretty well though. So that, that'd be oh, my guess sure. You know. Um, There's no doubt. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Hopefully if if there's anybody out there listening, that's going to be there. Uh, you can look for three guys walking around, uh, I'll be in um, some crazy clothes, so uh, you can find me pretty easily. I'm, Harry might be wearing like a full orange outfit or something like that.
3: You're going uh, Ricky
0: Fowler I, Sunday uh, outfit, Harry.
3: I, I'm looking. I'm I, Actually, when I'm done here, I'm going looking for some orange pants, yeah. Good.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: I've got the orange shirt. I'm looking for orange pants. So hopefully Ricky ben, and the one. All right.
0: Ben if anyone ben. has a pair of orange pants, 6XL, that you could send to <laughs> Harry in a, a, a
1: day or so. <laughs> so uh, people uh, I, I, are going to think know. Harry's dressed up like an orange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh, great. you're at the chalk
0: talk at, yeah right.
4: at the chalk talker sal john glenn lacrosse uh, made the playoffs now they finished the year nice. 13 and 3 defying all odds against all odds the nice. first 20 seed or lower team in Suffolk County history to make the playoffs in lacrosse uh they set a that. set a school record and <laughs> wins with 13 in the season tied for third in the county with uh with uh, th- that amount of wins. Um, so nice. great, great season. It's all gravy now. They're, they're still the underdog heading into the playoffs here. But I got my three boys now up on the team. Uh, my son Christian got elevated oh, for, the, for the playoffs too. So uh, for the right. JV. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Will so be whatever. It's all gravy in now. The
0: Hurricanes and the John Glenn over uh, West Babylon or something, right? <laughs> some, some <one> like <laughs> uh, and Brother Bry, well, Bri- Brother Bry betting uh, lacrosse uh, like a maniac. The only one in the... Qu- quickly tell people, brother Bri, because you're the only one in the country betting, uh, Incredible. you had, you had a good win. What was your good win? Georgetown or something? Uh,
2: yeah. So I had, um, Georgetown was getting three and a half, uh, against Yale. And I love Yale. I love watching them play, but I thought three and a half was a little bit too much. They were down six, three minutes left for, uh, three goals in the next two minutes. And then had a empty net. Uh, they had their own empty net for about a minute. And, uh, Yale refused to shoot, so I just I covered that. They lost by three, and uh, I yeah, I bet uh, four games. I uh, went four and again. I know th- I am jinxing myself right here and now, but uh, I was fifteen and one in the playoffs last year, and I'm four and so far. So I it's I don't know why it's been like this. And and even the other day, I had three games that won by a half a half a goal. So even yeah. a, even a women's lacrosse game i, I was gonna say it's not just
0: men cross, he's got he's equal I'm... opportunities he has women's uh lacrosse oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, let's, let's like give that. two I'll minutes like... because i i know there's uh, there's people much smarter than us on this topic but two minutes on game of thrones the big battle scene Parlay kid yeah I, I don't know I, I couldn't understand if you liked it or not i don't think i got your take
4: no you didn't get my take so um well i just think that overall the season's been disappointing yeah. uh um, you know, I thought the episode was, uh, par for the course, uh, I guess you could say. I was, I was okay with it. Uh, you know, why didn't, uh, why didn't the dragon just go for the tower and like just kill Cersei, like right from the beginning? Why, why did they have to kill like everybody, uh, you know, women, children? I know she's breaking bad now, if you want to call it that or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, but I don't know. The whole, uh, uh Lannister, Jamie Lannister scene, fight scene. Well, I, I'm not sure if I really got that either. And I'm not sure how he didn't die from getting literally stabbed yeah, very deeply crazy. twice yeah. to his body. And uh I don't know. It's just I it's, think I think what it's, happens it's always been like this,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, it it like lost. It's the same thing. With these supernatural shows, whatever there it ends up being a hundred characters, there's no way you're gonna be completely happy even in episodes you watch right brother brian you didn't like this one i like this episode i, I kind of like that she went crazy all, all over everybody uh and i think you know you normally you see the build-up and this is what happens when you don't see the build-up it was such a surprise and she was just such a badass but yes there's a lot of stuff around it how does jamie lannister not get recognized when he's walking through the crowd he hey, holds up his, <laughs> i i am uh i'm a, I walked through Staples Center with my kids trying to get to my seat and every two hundred feet I'm recognizing I'm a nobody. Can we at least admit, Brother Bry, that I'm a nobody? no, I know you I know you didn't like this uh this episode, right?
2: Well, no, I'll say I will say I actually I actually like this one more than the other ones. I didn't think this one was terrible. I actually there were certain parts of this I really liked. I did like her killing everyone. I I did like that part of it. uh, uh but my problem was It's just the way they had turned her like the scene right before she started killing everybody. Like they show her I kind of got the sense it was going to happen because they show her having a conversation with no makeup on. It's the first time she looks like she could even be the slightest Mm -hmm. of evil. And before you know it, then she's just killing everyone. So, um, granted, if I would have if they would have had a little bit. I know what you're saying. You want to be surprised. Um, But. Uh, overall, yeah, I was I, w- I was one of those people. I actually liked the fact that she turned bad. I just didn't like the way they did it. Um, and mm. you know, again, it's they're getting to the end of these this season, and they're kind of maybe part of that's because they're rushing it a little bit. You know, sure. they've had plenty of episodes where they kind of wasted, and then you know they rushed some yeah. of these things. So right. I think that would be my only uh, problem well, with it. I betting say, wise, though, you they, could find
0: some of these places you could bet. Now the odds on favor, and everybody's gonna hate this. But so Cersei's done, Jamie's done. A lot of people had a problem with that. I didn't I didn't love that either. That Cersei gets to die with the the loved one, her loved one in her arms, you know. That didn't seem fair. Whatever. I think the point is that uh Daenerys is the is the bad guy right now. Uh so it's gonna be her against the Starks, and Bran Stark is the favorite to rule rule the kingdom. And if that happens, wow. the only way I could see that happening, Tate, is I I can't even believe we're talking about this. The only way uh, Harry left uh, looking for orange pants, like 20 minutes ago, but uh, the only way I could see that happening is I won't get
3: back on my life ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get docked from, by Ken Daenerys is going to, is going to get killed by Jon Snow and Jon Snow will die in the process. And that's how brand takes over, right? Is there any other way?
1: I'm I was thinking that everyone in the north is done. I think we're done seeing everyone in the north, but really? apparently not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess Arya we saw in the preview that she'll be back. It it's uh I, I wonder what will happen, but I know that John and obviously Daenerys are gonna have to fight it out now, but he's probably gonna lose to the dragon.
0: All right. And Tate, you're at Tate Fraser, right? What else do you have going on? You're at, not going to this golf tournament.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to the golf tournament. Wish I was. Sounds great. Love Beth Page Black. One of the great Tiger US Open wins back in the day. Uh, I will be on One Shotting Podcast with Mark Titus. We will be doing uh, talking about John Beeline going to Michigan and all that sort of stuff tomorrow. And then, uh, yeah, that was big. Yeah, big news going to the Cavs. So we'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, that's it for the rest of the week.
0: Very good. All right, listen, we're going to take a little break here. I'm going to read a sponsor, uh, what's called an ad, right? And <laughs> Tate emailed me and I'm going to read it. And then Joe House is going to come on and make us some real money in golf. Be right back. Hey, listeners, do you miss when sports networks cover just news and highlights without the yelling and fake debates? Well, if you do, do yourself a favor and watch CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ, you ask? It's the free 24 hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions, everything that matters about the game. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. Nah, nah, nah. Welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Hey, PGA Championship takes place this week. The Degenerate Trifecta will be there in full force representing Against All Odds. I'm worried Tiger's going to bogey hearing Harry crunch down on a a corn dog or something stupid. I can't can't even imagine what's going to happen. But on the line right now, you'd be stupid to bet this event without hearing from this man first. We've now had a full half century. Of this gluttonous golf guru's genius, you know him from Fairway Rolling, House of Carbs, my pal Joe House. It's about seven thirty your time, right, Joe?
5: Cause it is seven thirty <laughs> here on the East Coast. That's dinner time for me, but I made a special uh, arrangement here. I haven't had anything to eat because you know I like to come in when we're talking about money. It's important <laughs> for me to be a little bit hungry, a little bit angry. Um, now, here, here's a, a prop I want to start off with right out of Go the ahead. box. You mentioned the degenerate trifecta will be physically in attendance out there right. on Long Island at Bethpage Black. Are, are there what, what are the odds of what they're going to yell in somebody's backswing? What are we going to hear from the, 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 the AAO guys? It's pretty bad. Well, they'll probably be
0: checking other scores, and they're going to have bets on these individual golfers, so they'll probably just uh, yell exclamations based on other things that are going on. Uh, I know the parlay kid likes, uh, like the uh, Carolina canes in this series. So it'll probably be something off the wall, but yeah, they'll get thrown out.
5: Right. They, they don't I, put up with that crap. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, we're, we're counting on them getting thrown. Although in New York, you have to do something pretty, uh, pretty dramatic to get, to get a right. uh, bounce from there. Cause it, it, it's kind of the, the New York spirit. Um, I did ask, I put in a, 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 a gentle request that somebody yell fairway rolling.
0: Okay. Oh, I they're up for that. Harry will okay. do that in a second and he owes you that anyway. You got him <laughs> golf balls and you have them on your podcast mercifully you you ask him on and that's very nice of you. By the way, my agent uh James Baby Doll Dixon who you know well, also yeah. will be in attendance and you're right if if he hasn't been thrown out of there between the smoking and the littering and the uh the foul mouth uh of his then then no one's leaving I don't think anytime
5: soon. It's a great point. I can't wait to see where they put the smoking zone for this event. Hopefully it's very (laughs) far away. You know, hopefully he has to go to the back of the property. That's right. Now,
0: House, I feel you were out last week. By the way, you're getting up in years, which is why you're 50 years old. Congratulations. It happened. Uh, I made it. You made it. That's what this is pretty late for you. I know you're going to be going to bed around nine. (laughs) This is is new stipulations, (laughs) but uh, you were out here. We had a very nice meal together. Uh, the sports guy was with us, my, my cousin Jimmy Kimmel, Daniel Kellison. We, um, you know, I, I felt like we did a nice job eating. We didn't want to show anyone up. It's not New Orleans. It's kind of frowned upon to vomit at a, a five-star restaurant in Hollywood. But we did a nice job, right?
5: We were very respectable and very respectful. The, mm-hmm. the two things that, that could have happened, because if we were really left to our own devices. Now, first of all, we went to an Italian steakhouse and nobody yeah. ordered steak <laughs> we ate a lot of meat i mean we covered every kind of meat there was to, to cover uh including <laughs> we went jumped in the ocean as well we had some uh, beautiful prawns we right. had a wonderful duck we had a tomahawk pork chop we mm. had there was a there was a roasted chicken uh that was like supposed to be like a french onion soup i mean it was all all magical but the only steak we had the whole night, cuz, was the steak that we asked as a special topping on the focaccia pizza. Right. That's right. And that, yeah. it, it was delicious. Uh, and the, 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 the true disappointment of the night. Now, we ate uh, quite a bit, and we we had our fill. But the only thing I regret is we got very close to me, you, and Kellison going back in the restaurant. We're standing on the sidewalk <laughs> after the meal was over, and we were like, should we go in and get one more focaccia With a little salami on it. I mean, just felt we were very close to that as as a. We had polished
0: off two already, and these things are big. And uh, just for the picture, because my cousin Jimmy had bailed. I was like, let's just go in there and take another picture for Jimmy. And and Simmons and me is like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. You know. (laughs) We should have let him go and gone in there and ate like men. You're right. You're right. Exactly. Um, you know what? I was thinking maybe you've made this observation before, but your life is all about courses, right? whether yes. it's golf or whether it's food, right? I mean, if you're looking for another podcast, the main course is is the name of the next one, right? Oh, that's Am I inc- late that's- to the party with this observation? It's
5: incredible. I don't know. There's probably already a podcast by that name. I mean, there's so many podcasts out there, but it, I, I really appreciate this. I, maybe I'll hire you. Forget Dixon. You can, you can come <laughs> be my agent. All right, good. I'll do a nice job. Now, listen,
0: this is big. Let's get back down to business. The PGA Championship. I'm going to read you. A list of the favorites Brooks Kepka 10 to 1 is now joined Tiger Woods at the top uh Dustin Johnson 11 to 1 Rory 12 to 1 Ricky Fowler 16 John Rahm, 20 Justin Rose 20 and then we go down we we get into the Molinaris and the Days and the Xander uh Sheffley and uh and Tommy Fleetwood but um let's let's get Tiger out of the way here a 10 to 1 favorite going for a 16th major, should he be favored because of this course and because he's on a roll or just because he's Tiger Woods?
5: Well, well, both of those things uh, are reasons for him to be favored. It's also true that, um, but for the way that the official world golf rankings are kind of measured, they have this rolling two-year thing. If they didn't have that you know, uh, backwards-looking component to it, he would be the number one-ranked golfer in the world based on his performance since the beginning of 2018. He leads hmm. the world in greens and regulation right now. In fact, the the rate at which he is uh, uh, achieving uh, hitting greens and regulation is superior to, it's it's in the 75%, it's north of 75%. He is hitting greens and regulation at a rate superior to his 2000 year, that, wow. the year 2000, which was an all-time Top of performance level for Tiger. That was the year that he won the U.S. Open by 15 strokes. Wow, that's pretty yeah. magnificent.
0: Green greens in regulation is equivalent to what uh, on base percentage or RBI? What would you say? I mean, is that the is that the holy grail right there that you look for right now?
5: It's a really really good indicator of not getting in too much trouble. So if gotcha. you're hitting because I mean you know everything's based uh, in relation to par. So that means you're getting on the par fours in two. That's a greener regulation. You're getting on the par threes in three, and the expectation is that you two-putt from there. So if three out of every four times you tee off on a hole and you're hitting the green, uh, in, that's a it's an indication of accuracy that gotcha. really shows how sharp your iron play is. All right. Now here's an indication of
0: getting into trouble. <laughs> Tiger Woods, you know – no competitive shot since that bogey on 18 at Augusta to win it. Uh, sharing KFC with the president, uh, is his mind maybe elsewhere, or you know you don't want to believe
5: that you think he gets it together. I I I think at this stage of our lives we we have to just give him the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. we 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 kind of entered with this same uh, question hovering over the way he was going to perform at the Masters. Where was his head? The first you know, couple of weeks of April, we didn't know because he was, you know, he'd been playing in a, in a handful of tournaments and he, he really looked like he was just knocking off the rust and sharpening his game. But he didn't really push down hard on the pedal and try and get any W's. It didn't look like early in the season. But then that old magic, that old Tiger aura, and it became apparent over the course of the week that he had a game plan and that he was very happy with the way he was performing in relation right. to his game plan. Uh, I mean the Thursday and Friday rounds, the interviews that he gave, he had just this self confidence, and and he was smiling, but he wasn't over smiling. He didn't show us those giant teeth of his. Uh, <laughs> and, but he was he was just so confident. And then you know, come Sunday, he's right around the lead, and uh, um, you know the 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 old magic starts coming out of the trees at Augusta, and then it was a reminder. Oh right, we never count Tiger Woods. Because on the 12th hole at Augusta National on a Sunday when it's time to go win the golf tournament, he may, he's going to make the correct decision every single time. Hmm. And all the chumps around him are going to make the wrong decision. Right. Okay. You said so, all the
0: chumps? All the trumps or all the chumps? Oh, all the chumps. Okay.
5: Right. It could all be right, both. Listen,
0: you, you know I, you're not going to endorse this bet, but you know I'm a jerk. I'm one of those jerks who, who bets no buzzer beaters. I bet don't pass at the craps table. I like Tiger minus 350 to not win another major this year. You don't even have to comment. I know uh, I know that's making you sick. I know it's that's hilarious. making you sick. It's hilarious. All right. Well,
5: just because you know I need the story with the with I have a golf podcast and all, right. I am going to bet him to top 5 at plus 217. That's that's okay. the short allocation I'm making to Tiger for this week. Top five plus two seventeen. Boy, that seems pretty good considering. Well, you and I are not on the bet. On we're on the same side essentially. I'm not going to bet them the win. I'm going to bet him at plus two seventeen. To that's true. Five. That's
0: a nice. That's a nice little middle. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Talk about the course house. Everyone taught. I mean, the majors. It seems to be the same thing. Like, oh, this is a tough one. It, it goes on and on forever. But isn't that the case for every major course, or is this one different?
5: Not, not really. This course it really does. Uh, deserve the reputation that, that it's uh, achieved as, you know, something where par is a good score and, you know, it, it plays over, you know, 7,500 yards. Now, part of the thing they do with uh, uh, a course like this, they make it a par 70, like the, the us regular people can play it as like a par 72, but they mm-hmm. make it a par 70 for these guys so that, you know, their scores aren't off in La La Land. Now, now for, for this particular venue all of the defense to the golf course is a combination of its length and the way that they can grow the rough so it's it really puts a premium on accuracy off the tee you have to be a long hitter uh comfortable swinging driver off the tee and then you have to be good with your long irons into the greens because you're facing uh shots into the greens that are longer than 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 what's typical uh and and on this golf course playing at, at par 70 in both of the U.S. Opens in 2002 and then again in 2009, the winning scores were uh, under, you know, five under. So the, in, in 2002, the winning score was three under. In 2009, the winning score was four under. Only four players in 2009 uh, had uh, scores under par um, in addition to the winner. Five five total players with scores under par in 2009. So the interesting thing is the PGA Championship, this is the first time it's being competed in May in, you know, whatever. I'm sure historically they've right. done it, but it's been forever. And um, the PGA Championship reputation is they want to showcase the ability of these guys, the great ability. They're not trying to show, uh, you know, this, this kind of punitive. It does, they have an entirely different mentality than the USGA has when it comes to the US Open. And so there is this interesting tension between they, they're not going to make the golf course easy because the golf course all by itself is is, is hard. You know, you, the winning score, right. even when they played it in the, um, in the FedEx playoffs, the, the best winning score has been uh, 274 on a uh, that's 10 under if you're playing it at a par 71. Um, so, you know, you're not going to get crazy double digit under par scores out here is the point. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Now that said, now but I, I read you the leaders at the top. Kepka, Tiger, DJ. Kepka was 12 to 1, went to 10 to 1. I everyone likes him. I like him. The dudes either won or finished second in three of the last four majors. I know I'm not telling you anything. He's placed no worse than tied for 13th in eight of the last nine. I liken him. I, I uh, forgive me for doing this. I liken him to Tom Brady in that why not take Kepka, have him in the mix. People are like, who are you taking? The Rams or the Patriots? I'm like, Patriots minus three? What's the worst worst case scenario is Brady's going to have the ball with a chance to win the fourth quarter. I kind of feel the same way with Kepka. What do you think? A, is it, are they overdoing it with him?
5: No, they're not overdoing it with him. He has, by all kind of, of measures and and metrics, a performance in majors that's uh, uh comparable to only one player over the last 30 years, and his name is Eldrick Tiger Woods. Um, mm. His score in relation to par, this is from our homie, uh, Justin Ray, who we are going to have on this very, on, on fairway rolling this week, giving out a few uh, golf right. angles. The, hom- the homie, Justin Ray, has uh, um, uh, Brooks Kepka at 55 uh, under par over the the, the sequence of, of majors that he's played, and that puts him... 30 strokes better than anybody else over that that same wow. period. He's also a, an extremely good uh scorer in in these majors. His scoring average over that same span is under 70, which across these majors is an incredible average. He's like 69.5 and that's what has him in um the company of of, of Eldrick. It's it's the combination of, you know, the where he's placing on these top, tw- you know, the top 20 relentlessly, his scoring average under 70 and his score in relation to par being so far under, it's an incredible track record. So, you know, you I think that's a great uh, uh, comp, that Tom Brady Patriots kind of comp. You're not going to feel like a dummy picking Brooks Kepka at a mm-hmm. venue where the, <laughs> uh, the, the premium is on uh, hitting the ball off the tee a long-ass ways. Well, he's one of the top five at that and then accuracy from the middle of the fairways, I honestly think that we're going to see something. It's going to look familiar to our eyes because just like uh, around this time a year ago, it was June, Brooks Kepka, and DJ were at the top of the leaderboard, kind of dueling it out, out there yeah. on Long Island, New York. I think we're going to see a repeat of that this week. All right. I believe, well, that would be nice. I got all my money tied up
0: in Kepka. And yeah, like you said, I think it's it's going to be a little cold, it's going to be low, low 60s, right? And he's just going to he's stoic. He goes out there he doesn't care about the New York attitude that's surrounding him, right? He'll just, just take care of business. That's kind of how I see him doing but, it. Also minus 800 to make the cut. I'll probably make a dumb bet uh along those lines, too.
5: You know there's a make the cut parlay that he's going to go into. There might be two or three. I'm put, I'm going to get <laughs> yeah. six or seven of my eight of my favorites and and put them in there. The other thing I would say, I think New York likes Brooks Kepka they because did. he, he wanted Shinnecock and New Yorkers love winner. And he, he uh-huh. you know, he showed long, he was out there showing well, uh, on Long Island. And, and the most important thing, you know, from my perspective, I believe he's eating cheeseburgers again and the he's people in New cheeseburger? York,
0: yeah, he, yeah. I, the, we last spoke, he wasn't eating steak in the United States, which always rubs me the wrong way. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but cheeseburgers, okay, cheeseburgers will be good if he's back on the horse.
5: Well, he, we went against him because he wasn't eating meat in the United States, and look what right. happened—he he was second in the Masters. So he shame on us. us. He sure <laughs> right. did.
0: All right, now I know he's not the one you have your eye on, though. I could just tell in your voice, House. You got someone else. You got a long shot. You got a medium range, and you got a favorite. Start with whoever you want.
5: Yeah, so I I always like to uh you know try and find some guys a little bit further down the list a little bit further off the beaten path that that have something that looks like value. So I'm definitely going to play Kepka in a, in a few different ways. I'll play him he's at the same price as Tiger plus 217 to top 5. That's better than 2 to 1 odds for this guy with his track record. Yes, I'm going to do Brooks Kepka to top mm-hmm. 5. I'll put something on him to win as well just to have it kind of kind of covered off there. Um and and uh, you know we we have Tiger in there at, at his top five. That's all I'm going to do with Tiger. But the kind of guys that I like are when you start getting down into the twenty to one to twenty five to one to thirty to one. And one guy in particular in this category that that I like. And you know, he's, he's he's caught a lot of uh, uh, buzz these days. But it's just time to go ahead and step up and and, and recognize it's Xander Shoffley. He mm. just keeps showing up inside the top ten. Of, of majors and you know he's he's made the cut in seven of his eight majors he's had top six finishes in four of those eight majors and he's he's a he's a big game player he's won the tour championship he's won a WGC he's won the tournament of champions and he you know he he has a, a couple of nice metrics that support him as well he, he's inside the top 20 in proximity from 75 to 100 yards, and then from 200-plus yards. So that shows you that that metric um, is indicative of how he performs against his peers um, from those two distances, and those are two crucial distances at this golf course. From 200-plus yards, yeah, they play three par-fours at this golf course from 500 yards or longer. So Xander can put it out there, but he's still going to have approaches that are 200 yards or, or better and he's in the top 20 in that category and then if there are layup moments or 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 moments where you know he he's he's got to make the smart play 75 to 100 yards you know with a third shot to get on the green and then one putt that that again that proximity inside the top 20 there i think he, he he's got it and you know his he's the 15th uh uh most to, uh strokes gained at at majors over the past 2 years. So hmm. if you take total strokes at all the majors and and compare um him to his peers, he's he's the 15th in terms of of gaining strokes against the field. Those are all superlative marks for a guy available right the second cuz I'm looking at him at 28 to 1, Xander Shoffley right in that class. So he's kind of a sexy pick. I see his name showing up on a lot of lists, but there's a reason for it
0: all right yeah that's yeah i I don't like about that i clay travis i go against him on locking in we gamble against each other and he's got Shafley uh at 20 i wish you wouldn't i I know he listened to someone not nearly as smart as you and just jotted that down for 20 bucks so all right i'm gonna have to make that up somehow uh yeah you had a good showing at the uh at the masters solid uh major player all right who do you else do you like
5: well, I'm going to jump all the way down and just give you a guy that I can't believe is available at what feels like long-ish shot odds. This guy is available right this second at at sixty to one, and he is a multiple major winner. Bubba Watson, right now available at at sixty to one. The, he likes this golf course, cousin Sal. He's mm-hmm. played three times in the in the last handful of years. Uh, let me let me see here. He, was, uh, he played in, in, in 2009 and 2012 and 2016. He's finished inside the top 20 in each of those events. And, in fact, let's just go ahead and put this out here. Uh, uh, for, for all our allocators of capital, jump right this second on a top 20 bet. Bubba right, available right now plus 195, nearly hmm. two to one odds of finish in the top 20. All he's done is finish in the top twenty when he's played at this golf course. The other thing that that's great, you don't worry about Bubba in any way, shape, or form when it comes to getting off the tee. He is going to bomb the hell out of the golf ball. And the thing that has held him back in in, in previous starts, and again, it's kind of something that's happened this year. He's he can be a mediocre putter, but he loves putting on a, on this grass poa poa lua. Which is kind of a cold weather, cold season kind of grass, and he's only played two events this year on on that kind of a, a putting surface. One was at the um, at Riviera. That's what they have out there in your neck of the woods. Yeah, and well, again,
0: I bet him and I won there. That's, that's he took home that tournament. That was right.
5: And then again in, in, in Mexico, and those are, are events where he actually picks up strokes against the field when hmm. when he's putting on that surface. So, uh, you know, we, we like Bubba when he's playing a track that he's comfortable on. We, we, there's this thing called Bubba Tracks where you kind of pick Bubba. You're, it's okay to lean into him, even if he seems a little bit out of sorts. Uh, when he's on a track that he's, he, he's got, you know, he's, he's kind of wired this way because uh, mm. Ag- Augusta is a place where he plays well. Riviera, we mentioned that he plays well. TPC River Highlands in Connecticut where he has a couple wins. It could be the case. That Beth page black is a bubba track and available at 60 to one with all these top 20 finishes that's worth a splash don't you think yes I do
0: I'm convinced so, you didn't have to say much more uh, he's got his own grass uh, growing
5: in that uh, that area wow I he, like that it's his and, kind of grass up there at, at Beth page black the a very Poa least, top, Anua. 20, top
0: 20 plus 195 wow all right who else do you have
5: well, I I have uh, one other name that I'm going to play both okay. as a top twenty and as a top ten, and this is a guy that that New York previously has loved to hate, and some in the golf world loves to hate him as well, Sergio Garcia. I don't know if this came up in 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 Lock it in at all. He's played Beth Page three times in his career. He's finished inside the top ten every time he's played a uh, Beth Page black. He also has. Excellent uh, statistics in terms of the accuracy that is prominent, uh, prominently featured, and required here at Beth Pageback. I mentioned Beth Page Black. I mentioned the proximity, (laughs) seventy-five to one hundred. He is uh, ninth in that statistic. He's second in the field in strokes gained approach, par fours from four hundred fifty to five hundred yards. Yes, those are all over the place out there. He's twenty-first in that. He also. We keep talking about the POA. Sal. in his (laughs) career, Sergio is 10 times better as a putter on that POA than all other surfaces. And when he's putting on that surface, that POA Anua, he's, he's gained strokes against the field 11 out of the past 16 times. So, people don't like Sergio Garcia. New York, there's a famous clip of them booing him. Uh, and one New Yorker, he, he had this uh, performance in the U.S. Open <laughs> where he was stuck with the waggles. He had a little bit of a, of a hitch in his swing, and he's waggling, and he's waggling, and he's waggling, and he hits the ball. And the guy with a giant gold chain yells out, we waited all this time for that. So <laughs> he's exactly what he, it could have been Harry. I mean, I'm not sure if it, who, who it was. I'm going to tell you, it
0: really could have. First of all, the, the New Yorkers don't boo you. That's when you should start worrying, actually. That, that that becomes a problem. But yes, you're right. It very well could be Harry because, and this is the only thing that stinks about this bet house, Harry loves Garcia in the top 20.
5: And Harry <laughs> jinxed
0: this guy. Who was it yesterday? This guy, uh, Every?
5: He oh, bet Matt Every. Every. He bet Matt Every at five to one. He live bet him, didn't he? He
0: live bet him. And then the guy lost. The guy was doing great and he lost. He bet Every and... Which is ironic, because every single golfer he touches loses. So there you go. <laughs> nice going, Harry. Well, yeah, it's,
5: a, it's a great, it's a great line. That's a good uh, but slate. That, I I see him here at at plus one thirty in top twenty. It feels like there's a little value on 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 Sergio, and he's notwithstanding public opinion, he's in good shape right now. He 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 had a uh, he tied for fourth at Quail Hollow two weeks ago. So right. and Quail Hollow has some of the attributes. That's another long course with long par fours. Um, so if you could hold your nose, Sergio Garcia might be worth a little action. <laughs> All right, I love it.
0: Xander Schaaf, twenty-eight to one, Bubba Watson, sixty to one. He likes top twenty for Bubba, also plus one ninety-five, and Sergio Garcia at top twenty at plus one thirty. What was Sergio's? What's his overall number? Do we do we look at it?
5: Let's let's pull it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. Uh, hold on. Yes, that's
0: right. It's down there, boy. Wow. I'm still going and going and going. This can't be. This can't be that he's this far down. Did I lose him? I must have passed no.
5: him. Let me see here. There is he it is. The, is. it all? 40 to 1.
0: Oh, 40. Okay. Sergio oh, yeah, Garcia okay.
5: available 40
0: to 1, cuz. All right. I like it. Let me ask you this. Justin Thomas uh, scratched. Were you yeah. considering him at all? Or is that a, 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 a you don't care about that.
5: Well, I knew that he had withdrawn from Quail Hollow with this wrist thing, so I didn't really mm-hmm. start paying attention to him because this golf course, you, you you have to be at the top of your physical condition. It's going to play – it's 7,500. It's going to play like it's 8,500 because it's going to be – winds in the double digits like you know 10 miles an hour 11 miles an hour it's going to be mm-hmm. cool you know so the guys playing in the morning it's going to be like upper 40s low 50s the ball doesn't fly as far like you got to come out there with a with big boy pants and a big boy game and and be prepared to just swing for the fences because it, if there's any kind of physical limitation swinging wise you're you're cooked Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I, I considered Justin Thomas for the masters and baby doll James Dixon, who uh, we, we aforementioned uh, emailed me back. He said, I'm no fan of Jay Thomas anymore. Talk to him at my club in Florida. And he was an unfriendly dickhead. He's my <laughs> daughter's age. Disrespectful little douche. I'm not impressed. Wow. So there you
5: go. Yeah, well, cross him <laughs> off the list. Baby's out on him.
0: Crawls them right off. That's uh, the weirdest uh, humble brag uh, I've heard in a while from Baby Doll. But <laughs> <laughs> House, Fairway Rolling, House of Carbs. You do it all. You really do. Joe House, thanks for jumping on. Happy birthday. Here's to 50 more. I think you might need 50 more to pay off our, our debt that we incurred thanks to the uh, 76ers.
5: Man, oh, man. We were, so, we were so close. Kawaii <laughs> Kawhi throws up a brick. And it falls the other way. That's when I knew the game. It was on my birthday that, that the Sixers lost that series. And, you know, oh, that's it, was, right. it was a that's- big mover. But we, we'd already pulled out a couple of wins earlier in the week that were, that were birthday treats. The Warriors, especially, was a birthday treat. So. That was
0: nice. Uh, what was yeah. that? Friday night, that game six, wrapping that up. Uh, yeah.
5: yeah. yeah well, so that's good.
0: All right. We're gonna right. going to keep it going. House, thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it, buddy. Because always, you invite me, I say yes. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch locking in this week. This week I'm on Monday through Thursday, four thirty to five thirty Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live eleven thirty-five tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier in the Great Joe House. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Nah, nah, nah.